Welcome to the In Conversation with Joe Parfit podcast, sharing what I know to help others to grow. Welcome everybody to this, the 17th In Conversation Masterclass with me, Joe Parfit. It is my absolute pleasure today to have my friend, and she is my friend, I'm not just calling her that, Sue Richardson here today. And Sue and I do very, very similar things. You can see we also like a similar colour palette because she's got purple and pink on and I'm purple. So we have quite, we have quite a bit in common. We have glasses, we're the same sort of age, we're British and we are both passionate about books. Um, Sue has almost 30 years in publishing, like me. She's written her own books, helped people to write books, and published them through her own imprint, which means her sort of publishing company, SRA Books. She's a firm believer that a book, when part of your brand, will elevate your business and your reputation to new heights. And with the goals of her authors front and centre, the Right Book Company, which is her business, the Right Book Company, you can easily find it on, on Twitter and Facebook and um, on, on, the, um, on the web, you will find the Right Book Company. She's based in Bristol and she helps new authors with every aspect of the publishing process from brainwave to bookshelf, like me, and beyond. And it's the beyond that has always impressed me because the things that Sue does that are beyond are the things I don't do and I'm not going to do. So if you want somebody to do those things, you need Sue, not me. And we were just talking before we started recording that um, we don't really feel we're in competition with each other. So I'm perfectly happy if you'd rather work with Sue than me. Um, so some of her services include warehousing, which we don't do, distribution and foreign rights sales, Furthermore, Sue does something else I don't do. She has been a judge of the annual Business Book Awards and her authors have been winners too. So she's pretty whizzy as Sue. So welcome, 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 Sue. Thank you, Jo. How lovely to be here. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's, it's lovely to have you. On her website, um, the right book company she says our books mean business and that's what really stands out so um, let's find out a little bit about Sue in more detail so I've always been impressed with your work how did you get into the business in the first place and why did you do it <laughs> right oh well, that's a very good question um, do you know it's, it's a funny thing because really I did an English degree and really publishing should have been obvious right from the start, but it, it kind of wasn't. I went down all sorts of different routes first. I was in the theatre for a bit and then, I, and then I got into higher education and it was actually a pretty miserable job. It was very hard and very stressful and eventually I got made redundant. When I came out the other side thinking, what do I do now? I was literally, I was like 30 and I, I felt like I needed to start all over again. And the, the only thing that I'd really enjoyed in that university job 
was putting a, 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 a magazine together that I had then published and got out and I'd, I'd coordinated with all sorts of authors and things like that. So I went into academic publishing. It was a kind of, it seemed to be the obvious choice at that time. And, and, I, and that was it. it and, and when I, but it was a kind of weird thing because when I think back, I mean, as a kid, I was completely nuts about books. I mean, I was always a, a very bookish child. My, my mum reckons I taught myself to read at three. You know, I was literally just passionate about books. So although I came to it a little bit late and I, I sort of fell into it almost by accident, in some ways, having sort of gone down a rather circuitous route, it was actually the path I should probably have always been on in the first place. <laughs> well, that's interesting. And that's something I've obviously never asked you before, because I didn't know the answer to that. <laughs> so which books have you written pers personally? Because I don't know well, the answer to that either. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as many as you, Joe. I, you know, I'm, um, I've spent so much of my life working with other authors and I've only really ever written two tiny books one which is long out of print which funnily enough it was funny that you picked out of the website that we put the our books mean business on there because that's something that Paul wrote fairly recently but that that original series came out of the book that I wrote at the time which was called books mean business so there you go that theme has been there for a very long time long out of print now I think that was back in 2006 7 something like that and the only other one which I, I published in 2016 is this little one which is the authority guide to publishing your business book so um, I don't get a great deal of time to write my own books but maybe one day mm, that's interesting because I have I've just been 60 and I've decided it's time I wrote another book it's time I wrote my 33rd so that's where I'm going I, next. Say, it's, I never catch up with you my dear never why you do other things that I don't do because I have tried to write a book a year and I've just not written a book for the last three years and it's definitely time I did it again <laughs> okay so you've only written a couple of you call them little books but they're not really um how many authors have you helped oh and um, and I yeah I mean it's got to be in the hundreds I really don't know I mean from that early start in publishing um 30 years ago now um, I, you know, copy editing through to project management, through to doing all these different jobs in publishing. It must be, I have lost count, I'm afraid, hundreds. But, uh, but in terms of publishing now, we work with about, well, probably all together in all sorts of different ways, about 20 to 30 a year. Not necessarily publishing the whole book, but doing consultancy pieces and all of that. No, I suppose that's fairly similar. We're probably closer to the 20, but yeah, certainly. Well, that's very interesting. Another thing we have in common. Um, what do you think your greatest achievements are? I mean, I think the Business Book Award's quite good, but what do you think? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think the Business Book Awards and winning one was lovely. It was a kind of strange, a strange thing to be. I was obviously judging a completely different category. I hasten to add, I wasn't. Although I was a judge, um, when one of our authors won, she was in a completely different group. So I had obviously no influence there whatsoever. Um, it's all very carefully done so that because uh, you know publishers are obviously they have their books in there and they are also judges in there so they're very 
brilliantly managed so that there's no kind of um, you know threat of bias or whatever um, and that was a fantastic one the numbers business winning winning that in 2018 I think it was um, but actually I think probably my that the, my favorite story really was was when James McIntosh won the Gourmand World Cookbook Awards which was back in ooh, 2010 I think and he he won he won the Gourmand World Cookbook Award for the best series of cookbooks. This is a global award. We were in Paris. We were being wined and dined at the um, at the, this incredible theatre in Paris, um, but with the Cointreau family, and it was just the most amazing event. And I have to say that although I was proud, I was proudest of him because you know what he then went on to do, like filming his television series, which came out of the books and all of that, and and becoming a sort of a big star in China actually which was where he really he really made it uh, was it, that was probably that's probably one of my proudest moments I've got lots because I'm proud of lots of my authors but that was a good one it's interesting that you mention him because that was the year I actually met you was it that was the year I met you when I came up to your stand at the London Book Fair and you had got a pile of James's books on your booth yeah. and I met him and am I right in saying that you'd also wangled him to do a food demonstration or something I have, oh, really? I have I a memory of him being active in something at the book fair as well well he was you see um actually the the gourmand people and Edouard Cointreau always did like a big sort of um they, they at one stage they did the london book fair book bit they got very involved so i think james was probably doing he was partly with us and partly with them and you know doing what james did so well which was kind of just performing and being wonderful and and putting on a show for everybody he was just such a a great guy to work with he's not he's not either cooking or right well he is writing he's doing he's now knitting believe it or not <laughs> and is doing books on knitting so you know that he's such a creative guy such fun to work with oh how fun well I, I definitely think of him and you together yeah. yeah that's great um do you specialize in a certain genre of book because so far you've talked about business <laughs> books cookbooks yes um yeah. what do you have a genre well you see this is the interesting thing I guess and and this you know, I guess this might strike a chord with you too, Joe, because I think you're in a way you're similar because it's it's less about the genre for us and more about what well, I, I suppose our kind of sweet spot, if you like, is is working with the authors to, you know, when you say you talk about the way we talk about books mean business, that the, our authors are people who are writing and publishing a book in order to help them build their business, build their brand. And that's the key for us. So most of what we end up doing, or all of what we end up doing is nonfiction. And it's, it tends to be a lot of business books we do, um, some personal development, um, but also food, photography, art, craft, you know, all sorts of different kind of books. All, but it's all about, is that book aligned with the person's business and is it gonna help them grow their business? That's what we're all about, really. Oh, that's interesting. It's funny because when I think of your books, I always think of how pretty they look. Uh -huh. They do always look and feel lovely. And so it was that's because of I see you like that, that when I, if I were to have an author who was wanting to do something that was going to be very visual, 
Mm. Like I have an author at the moment who, who couldn't come today, but she definitely wants the recording, who wants to do a book that's going to be very photo led. led. Mm. And I tend to think that, that that is one of your strengths too. So it's the growing the, it's growing the brand of the entrepreneur, let's say, but it's also producing something that looks pretty. Would you agree that that is something else that you tend to do? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that's really important for us is to create a product that really reflects the, the brand, the image, the, the professionalism of the people that we work with. Um, and yes, we do love doing illustrated books. Um, it is something that um, a lot of companies like us may well, um, you know, slightly shy away from because it is a more complex process. Um, it requires a, a considerable investment. I mean, all publishing requires investment, as you know, but, but publishing illustrated books, particularly with photography, is another ball game, really. Not just because you've got the cost of the image, images, but you've also got the, 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 the related design costs that, you know, to, to create a gorgeous book. And then the print costs, you know, for full colour illustrated books are much higher. So, you know, it's not to be taken lightly or done lightly and, and it needs a considerable investment to, to undertake. But it can make a massive difference for a business and a brand to have a beautiful book like that. Yeah. Yes, I can see that. I'm now going to go off piece and ask another question to do with this because it it, inter it interests me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so when you put somebody does a book that is so illustrated like that, and you say it's a considerable investment, mm -hmm. do many of your authors go down the route of trying to find a sponsor? Um, it has happened, but no, I would say the answer is not really. And I don't really know why not, <laughs> because it strikes me that it would be a very, I mean, perhaps there's a kind of certain level of, you know, people wanting to kind of have full ownership. If they're going down an independent publishing route, which mm. they are obviously with us, you know, maybe one of the things that they're, they're wanting is more control, more ownership of the whole thing. And, you know, while we've occasionally worked with people, we, we worked with um, one um, fantastic um, food writer, well, there were two fantastic food writers who were sponsored by Sackler, the, um, you know, the source people, the Italian source people. Um, so and they couldn't have done that book without the Sackler support. And actually Sackler were massively generous and said, look, you know, it's very nice if you mention us, but don't worry too much about it. So it wasn't sort of covered in, in branding or anything like that, which some sponsors might choose to, you know, they might really feel that they, they want. So I guess it's, you know, possibly that's why not many people have done it. So if it's a considerable investment and most people are paying the money themselves and they have a business, they must think it's worthwhile. So um, do you, and I'm off piste with another question already, but do you find that in general, it's the book sales themselves, do they allow the person to break even or is it the fact that their reputation grows so much that they then can charge more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Joe, I think you and I have probably had lots of chats about this. And... Um, um, and um, and uh, I mean, I would say that very, very rarely has a book even broken even in terms of book sales. 
you know i i always say to people if you're doing a book to help you build your business you've got to do you've got to make sure that you've got your business objectives for it absolutely bang on you know it's a bit like um think of it as if you were building a new website or some other major piece of marketing collateral for your business think of it in terms of how can i get a return on my investment you have the fortune of having at the end of it a product with a price tag which means you will get some cash but you know in all reality you don't know it's such a lottery you don't know how many you'll sell if you focus purely on sales i think you're in dangerous waters it's a really difficult thing to make money out of book sales so for me it's a product second it's a it's a a brand builder a door opener a um an incredible enhancement for visibility and profile and credibility it's tons of things before it's a saleable product although it is that as well well thank you for your honesty there because i totally and utterly agree with you uh, i think it can be sometimes harder to change not to check to influence the minds of the authors that this is something that will elevate their reputation above all um, but it's lovely to hear that you're with me completely on that um, so can you pinpoint the exact elements that elevate a book to a level that makes that difference to the author their business and their brand uh yeah i guess i can um it's i suppose um what what oh gosh it's almost like uh, where do i start um elevate the exact well helping you get clarity of purpose is a massive thing i think there's something around having the opportunity to write the book that expresses who you are, what your brand brings, what your brand message is, what your business, you know, in a sense, your core purpose, your business purpose, aligning with the purpose of the book and, and your opportunity to really explore that. There's a wonderful piece in my little book here about um, that, um, uh, do you know Graham Jones, you know, the internet psychologist, wonderful, wonderful, written hundreds i mean tens of books um and he does he talks very much in there i interviewed a lot of business authors about this and he's in there and he talks very much about how you know um people really kind of by writing a book people get real clarity around what it is that they really do and what's different about what they do and there's something really special about that and that sort of combined with being clear about who it's for um, I think is the kind of thing that really can elevate your book, make your make your book into something that is going to take your business to the next level. Um, and then and then so those are the kind of in a sense a little bit about the 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 why and the who, which as you know I talk quite a lot about and and I can talk some more about that you know today. Um, but. But then to think about the what, and it's like an opportunity to show who you are. So you're being authentic in your book, as authentic as you can be. Finding your voice, again, great in terms of your own kind of personal brand growth and that kind of thing, but also a really fantastic, engaging way for people to, to get you. 
Um, I interviewed Paul McGee quite recently and Paul did, was wonderful and talks about how in all his books he invites people to get in touch with him directly via social media because he wants that you know he actually wants people to to connect fully with him and he's very generous in his books and he he writes his books very much with his own voice and, and it develops relationships directly with people who are all then you know hanging on his every word and waiting for the next book to come out and 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 in, and you know and he gets all the speaking opportunities and everything that come as a, as a following on from that so you know i think that and and really producing something very if you the one of the big key elements is to really think through who it's for so you know, really producing something that's for your target audience, who that target audience is, thinking deeply about what it is that they need. You know, there's an awful lot of people, and I know you will you will recognize this one, Joe, who write because they've got something to write about, which is great. I'm not anti that at all. You know, anybody who's got lots of ideas and stuff to say should be writing books. It's lovely. But we can get a little bit tied up in that we and we can sometimes forget that actually it's it's where it's going to land it's who it's for it's what how it's how you're going to change your reader that's going to make the massive difference to your book to, to your journey as well as theirs oh interesting that that was your reply not it's all to do with the design and the cover and the title and those things that that perhaps people might have thought of interestingly um, I know that you were talking to somebody once about potentially working with you and he shared with me and you shared with me what you were going to offer and I remember that you start off with this rather lengthy brainstorming process what do you call it fact finding or something yeah, it's called the right book strategy session the right book the strategy session that's it and how many hours do you spend on that well we used to spend kind of three or four in the dim distant days when i used to go up to london and sit in the iod and treat my client to a nice lunch and you know and it was it was lovely we would we would have a nice sort of half a day together with perhaps a bit of lunch at the end or a bit of lunch to start with and then a nice nice um, afternoon together but now we've gone on to zoom and it's working really really well in zoom but weirdly in a slightly different way and actually what i've done is i've extended it to about five hours now mm. and really that's just because of zoom fatigue and actually being able to kind of take breaks whenever we want and just kind of take it easy and take it slowly. And actually that's working even better because it's giving us the opportunity to think really carefully about things and for things to be revealed as we go through the process and then take pauses and things to just land and settle. Um, and and it is, it, I'm just enjoying them so much, Joe. I'm enjoying them more than I ever have. And I think that my clients are finding them really, really helpful. How fantastic. That, that, is, that is really interesting. Yes, it's a long, long time that you spend, but I can absolutely see how it matters, how it works. Out of interest, the amount of clarity people must get from these sessions, do many of them then decide they're not going to buy, they're not going to write a book? <laughs> had so much clarity that they, about on what they want that they don't need the book. Actually, it has happened once or twice in the past it hasn't happened so much recently but i have had that happen to me before where at the end of the session a person has gone do you know what maybe this isn't quite 
right for me right now mm -hmm. but what does happen what can happen is that sometimes what can be re revealed is that they're not ready that it's not that there's not a book there it's just that they're not quite ready to create the right book for where they need to go with their business. So maybe it just needs a little bit of a, a pause. There are other people who, um, who get to the end of the process and, um, uh, you know, and who absolutely can't wait to start. It's almost like it's sort of unblocked them or taking a cork out of a bottle. You know, it's like it's released something that's helped them to go, I know what it is that I'm doing now. So, you know, and, and, and some, you know, so there's all sorts of um, different kind of, the, the, the best thing I think is when, what I love to see is when that light bulb goes on and they suddenly go, I know, I've got it. I can, I can see my, my clear path towards, mm. towards doing this. It's great. Yeah, that, that is great. Um, I just would like to back up slightly because you've been talking about Paul McGee, who I know, but the readers, the listeners might not know who Paul McGee is. If you want to look him up, he is the, known as the Sumo Guy, S-U-M-O, which stands for Shut Up and Move On. And he's written a whole series of Sumo books and they are bestsellers and he gets loads of publicity and they're there at the front of bookstores and uh, he's just written one for teens hasn't he <laughs> something like that yeah, so yeah. he is a great guy um and so yes paul mcgee shot at the sumo the sumo guy if you'd like to have a look at some of the books he's done so that was interesting that that's what you said about him i was going to ask you what proof you have that what you do works but you've already proved it with what you said about james mcintosh really unless you've got another great example of your um, well um i suppose you know what thinking about this whole this thing that in a way this sort of this slightly knotty one you know about do we focus on the bestseller you know because paul yes paul is a different level of writer in some ways you know he's kind of you know he's he's published by capstone he um he uh is in he's a he's writing is a part of is a part of his business in a slightly different way to the way that perhaps some of our clients might you know might be working so some of our clients may be you know entrepreneurs they might be speakers they might be um you know educators advisors consultants they might they might be uh, creating you know businesses in in the food industry or all over the place um one fantastic woman that um who was the one who won the award at the business book awards della hudson wrote an incredibly niche book she's a she's an accountant and her reasoning for wanting to write a book at that time was because she was transitioning from having had an accountancy practice which she built up literally from being a one-woman band working on her kitchen table to having a proper accountancy practice with premises and people and all of that but moving out of that into a more of an advisory, a speaker, becoming a speaker, becoming a consultant to other accountancies, uh, accountancy practices, and actually, um, you know, writing a book about, you know, gained absolutely at the people that, the, like the books that she would have wanted to read when she started out as an accountant. Um, and, you know, very, very niche. And yet 
so well written and so well thought through, not only in terms of how it would fit for her objectives, but also for the, for the, very, for the group of people that she was writing for. So this is a great example of how you're, not, you're never going to write a bestseller for such a tiny group of people. And yet the effect and the impact can be enormous because she, it kind of fast-tracked her into her new world as a speaker and a consultant and an advisor. And, and at the same time, she won a, a business book award because the book was seen as being so useful, niche as it was. So I think, you know, that's another great story in a way. And, and there are lots of them. There are lots of people that we've worked with where, you know, Bryony Thomas, for instance, Watertight Marketing. I mean, she's, she's built a fantastically successful business all around her book. You know, it's, the book is at the core of it. It's, it's the kind of heart of her business. So... Yeah, tons, tons of them, Joe. But uh, there's there's a little handful there. No, that's that's great. That's great. Um, I know you go the extra mile for your authors, and I've always been impressed by your passion and your enthusiasm. Um, and because these days, so many people just go down the print-on-demand route, mm. but you do do the print-on-demand because people do, and you do do the Kindle and the digitization as well but you also do warehousing and distribution. So how does that work? So we have never gone down um, print on demand for distribution in the UK um, we, because we've, um, we've, also, we've always done traditional distribution. So although we're not a traditional publisher, unlike most um, independent author funded publishers we chose to print the books properly with a book manufacturer now in the old days the main reason for this was a quality issue you know it was honestly that the print on demand books weren't very nice they and I'm passionate about really good quality books I like lovely paper and I love to to feel a good you know solid book in my hands that doesn't feel all flimsy like the print on demand books can sometimes do. Now, having said that, the quality has improved enormously. I, I absolutely recognise that. But the thing about distribution and warehousing is that it, it, and because we've got it, you know, it's, we use it because it, it actually gives everybody a much wider op opportunity, a, a bigger platform. I mean, it, it gives you the, the chance I'm not saying it's likely, but it gives you the chance to be on a bookshelf in a bookshop. Um, now, for the last sort of year and a half, that hasn't been particularly useful. But, but the fact is that the book trade is not accessible to self-publishers. So as things open up and things have changed during lockdown as well, you know, there's, there's been this fantastic bookshop.org, which you probably know about, which is the, the amazing... Um, guy that's kind of set up uh, you know to help bookstores survive you know in in america and here and all over the place and you know there's there, there are all sorts of opportunities that authors don't have access to if they self-publish and they go down the pod route um bookshops don't like pod because the, a they they're not sure about the quality and b they're not 100 sure they're going to be able to get the stock as quickly as they need to so if you go down a a, a traditional distribution route where you have printed stock in a warehouse that can be supplied to the customer by the next day 
wherever, however and whoever they order it from, where it, whether it's um, Amazon or whether it's through a bookshop, or it's, it's their choice. So for us, it just opens the doors up a little bit more. It improves slightly on the quality. And we love POD, print on demand, because we can get our books all over the world. So we use POD for global distribution. So, you know, we can have a, a, one of our books is available for anyone wherever they are in the world. And that's because of POD. So I'm not anti it by any means. I just use it. I use the whole thing kind of to suit the way that we like to, to present our books basically. No, I see, I see. That makes sense. Um, so um, are you actually using printers in the UK? Yes, absolutely. Yes, we um, we have great relationships with it. They're, they're actually they call themselves book manufacturers. They you know, they're a bit more than just printers. Mm. Yes, of course, they're printers, but they print for the book industry solely. The people that we use um, and they um, and and so the quality is second to none and they have not just the the paper printing bit of it but also the binding you know and we'll do we do hard cases and we you know wibbling covers the, the lovely fabric cover with the dust jackets and you know you can do all of that if you do proper printed books things that aren't necessarily possible um through a sort of purely print on demand route i see well that, that's very interesting um but you also sell foreign rights. Yes, How we do. do that then? <laughs> well, um, I'd like to say book fairs because <laughs> oh. that's that was how it all. That's how I started, and that's how most publishers sell foreign rights. Is they go to book fairs, oh. um, and as you know, I went to Beijing a couple of years ago. Just well, three. I suppose it must be two and a half years ago, maybe even three years ago now. Um, I I'm at London every year. I'm at Frankfurt every year, and I just go and do a lot of schmoozing. <laughs> and um, we also we have catalogues which we send out to foreign publishers and agents. Um, we sold a book just earlier this year to um, to Japan uh, through an agent there. Um, so, you know, all, all sorts, it's just, it's like anything, it's all about relationships, it's all about building those relationships, it's all about, you know, seeing where a book, a particular book may fit with a particular market, um, and, uh, and doing, it's, it's, it, it's been such a joy, it's been quite a, a, it's been the last five years I've been developing this side of the business, and it's such fun, I love it, we sold books in Russia, and Taiwan, and Vietnam, and and now Japan, so yeah, and Amer we've sold America, Germany, all sorts, so yeah. Okay, so two, two questions about the money then. Um, yeah. If, do, do people pay you to try and sell them, right? Is that how it works? Or no, the way I do it, Joe, is um, I offer it as a kind of added value thing. So what we do is we, we are, we, we nowadays have full author agreements, you know, contracts with our authors where we basically have the rights to do what, you know, what we can with the book, whether that's distribution or, or whether it's rights selling. Mm. Um, it's a fairly loose contract for obvious reasons because our authors want to retain their independence as much as possible. But in order for us to be able to go and represent them, if that's what they want, then we kind of we get an agreement that says that we that we kind of are looking after the rights for them. 
and then I go out and I look for deals, I negotiate, I do all the work, so I do all the negotiation, I do all the contracting, I do all of that work, and then in, the, in our agreement, we, it's agreed that it's a kind of split down the middle. So they get 50% of all rights sales, whether that's an advance or royalties or whatever. So any, all the net receipts, we split down the middle. So I get paid if I sell something, they get paid if I sell something, um, but, uh, but we kind of invest in the infrastructure around it, if that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. So on average, how many foreign rights sales do you make per author? Oh, it's not, it, it's not really like that, Joe. I mean, there'll be lots and lots of our authors that the book is not relevant. You know, it's not, it's not going to sell in any other market than the UK. So it's, this doesn't apply to very many authors, quite frankly. It may build the way that the way our stable, if you like, our list tends to be fairly UK based. Mm. I've got a little flurry just recently of books that I think have um, the potential to sell abroad. Um, mm. But it's 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 early days still with our right selling and, um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not kind of significant numbers. Okay, well, I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, so the next thing I want to ask is about series, because you talked to me about, you mentioned the authority guides, if you could just wave it again to remind you, because you Oh, yes, I've, got, I've had some of these. I love your authority guides because they all match, and that's what I love about a series. And there's something about the confidence you feel when you buy a book that fits the series. And I know that this has been a series that you have been asking for authors for, though, they, though you're not doing any more. What's the advantage for the author to write a book that's in an existing series? Yeah, it's not that we're not doing any more. We're just not reaching out to commission them at the moment. If somebody came to us with a fantastic idea for the authority, an authority guide, I'm not saying I wouldn't look at it. Oh, right. I, I would. I'm just not sort of... I'm not extending a kind of, you know, wild invitation to everybody to, because it's just not something we're commissioning at the moment, simply because we're so focused on the right book company. Mm. But as I say, not, not that the door's completely closed and, and I don't want to say goodbye to the series because I think it's fantastic. We've got 20 of them. Mm. Um, and um, uh, so the, the great thing about being part of a series, I think, and, you know, I, I guess, I mean, lots of business book publishers have, dipped their toe in this and done really well um, with with series um, for business books particularly and I think it's like it, you know it's that whole kind of combined marketing effort isn't it you know you're you're in this stable with a bunch of other experts which means that, you know and if the brand for the series is built well by the publisher there's a kind of opportunity for you to be riding on the on the coattails of of other successful experts so it gives you a little bit of a head start i would say um you know so i, I think series are great um it can be a little bit um formulaic which may suit some people better than others so that could be an advantage for some people that you know that a series will have quite strict series guidelines mm. which actually you know you might as an author you might think actually i quite like that quite like that kind of structure that sort of rigid you know, I know what I'm being asked to do here. Whereas other people might feel that it's not kind of um, free enough, you know, for what they want. It, it just depends. So again, it's sort of, um, 
it's it, it it depends on the person but i think it's you know it, it's that whole being part of a group part of a you know often you'll find and with the authority guides for instance there is a bespoke website um you know you're part of a group promotional effort um that that maybe you know one person's book sells and another one over here sells too because they like that one so they buy yours but they might not have chosen yours if they hadn't read the first one yeah yes i see i've written lots of books for series as well have you series of my own yeah that's how i started out and it was really rather comforting i found it knowing what was expected of me yes. how many words what sort of layout what sort of content what sort of voice and it was really rather nice and i found that for the all for the publishing companies they sold pretty well as well okay i'm going to get to my last question now which is if you were going to give um a new author a new person who's running their own business uh, one piece of advice or a handful of pieces of advice to give their chance the best best chance what would that be what would your advice be joe it has to be the strategy mm. you know to come back to that um if i can just briefly because it's not it is a big piece but mm. briefly it's always that it, it it's very simple but it's, it's a pathway through. Most people, when they think about writing a book, they think about what they're going to write. Mm. They think about what's in their head. They think about their knowledge, their expertise. They think about that first, which is understandable. Absolutely. But actually you need to do the Simon Sinek thing. You need to start with why. You need to come cover your core purpose and the purpose, the purpose, what is it that you want to achieve by writing the book? And that's where we start. The why leads to the who, which is really being clear about that target audience, as I said earlier, but those two things going hand in hand will then inform what it is that you need to do. And for me, that's the key thing. And then at the very end of really exploring all of that, you've got an idea of how you're going to do it. So that the very end, you can work out what's the best publishing route for you? What's going to work best for you? You know, things like timelines, what support do you need? What resources do you need? But only after you've really understood what it is that you want to achieve and who you want to achieve, who, who you want to reach, who you want to influence with your book. Yeah, no, I think, I think that, is, that is probably the biggest takeaway from today is about the strategy. And I, I'm completely with you on that. So um, I'd like to thank you very much, Sue, for a really interesting and inspiring discussion. And I'd like to find out if anybody who is listening would, would like to ask any questions, if you'd like to ask them through the chat. Um, and while you're having a think um, about what you might like to ask Sue, um, I'd just like to ask Sue another question about, obviously you don't do all this on your own, so do you have somebody helping you to do all this? Just, just, yes, just a few people, yes. <laughs> I'm very lucky. I'm so, so lucky. I've got a fantastic team. Um, I've got um, my, my other half, really, who is just, I mean, he, he's Paul East, who is ex-Pearson book marketer. So he, he knows everything there is to know about book marketing, but he's also, um, he, he, he looks after our clients. He looks after their journey through with us. He's wonderful. Um, and my rock, I would call him. Um, we've got Andrew who looks after all of our production. So he, he, and he has, you know, copy editors and proofreaders that work with him. 
Um, I've got a team of development editors that now work with me so that because I used to do all the development editing and I just can't do it anymore because we've grown so much in the last two or three years. So I've got a fantastic team of editors who help our authors by hand holding them all the way through um, from the idea through to the manuscript. Um, and I've got Natalie, the wonderful Natalie, who, who you've kind of virtually met, who is, um, again, who looks after our clients and people who are thinking about working with us as well, and me. She looks after my diary and me, so she's amazing too. Yeah, lots of really great, brilliant, brilliant team, and I couldn't do any of it without them. Yes, I know. I, I don't think, I certainly couldn't either. I couldn't either. So does anybody have any questions out there today? Or has Sue answered everything you could possibly <laughs> know? If not, then I will just take this opportunity to thank Sue very much indeed. Stop recording. And if you'd like to ask Sue a personal question, well, not necessarily a personal question, but a one that's not for the recording, I will now stop the recording now. So thank you, Sue, very, very much indeed. You're so welcome. It's been fun. Thanks, Joe.